Welcome to FHSU Tilt Talk, a podcast about educational technologies, teaching and learning, scholarly research, and service, hosted by Teaching Innovation and Learning Technology staff. Welcome to Tilt Talk. I'm Nicole Frank, the Faculty Development Coordinator at Fort Hayes State University, and I will be your host today. We will be discussing the Faculty Mentoring Program, and I'm excited to welcome our guests today, Dr. Carmen Porter and Dr. Danielle Kaminsky. Carmen is Department Chair and Associate Professor of Communication Sciences and Disorders. Danielle is Assistant Professor of Ag Business in the Department of Agriculture. Carmen and Danielle participated in our newly established TILT Faculty Mentoring Program this year, and they're here to share their experiences today. Danielle, could you tell me just a little bit about your experiences in the program this year? Sure. So I got really lucky with Carmen as my mentor. I had some teaching related challenges specifically, and I was looking for some different ideas, different input, and what I might do differently. And we were able to meet together kind of informally, and I was able to get some of those ideas to move forward with. And Carmen, could you tell us a little bit about your experiences? Yes, of course. Um, So honestly, I kind of just really enjoy um, that mentoring process. And so for me, getting involved in the mentoring program, it was something I heard about and it just sounded really intriguing, something different and another way to maybe to learn and have some new experiences. So I was drawn to to try it out and very nervous about who I would get paired with and and would I have anything, anything at all to share with them. And even initially, I know when I got paired with Danielle, I was like, I don't know anything about agriculture. Can I actually be helpful um, to her? But it went wonderfully. Um, I think maybe the fact that we didn't know a whole lot about each other's fields ended up just being a really good outlet for, well, you know, let's, let's get to know each other. Let's we asked questions, we learned about each other's field. It was a really natural way to build a relationship and to learn without any preconceived notions. And then that just, that led to further conversations and, and being able to engage and just in talk about teaching and the challenges that come with teaching and kind of what strategies we were trying, what was working. And so it just really, it became a, a relationship, a positive relationship where we really enjoyed sharing and wanted to and looked forward to, oh, let, let's get together and let's let's talk about how, how things are going. So just really ended up for us being a, a really intriguing and fun relationship. Yes, and I'll definitely second that. I think that our first session was over food <laughs> and it was off campus and that worked really well for us. We just got to know each other informally, not related to like, what are you trying to get out of the mentoring program? Um, or anything like that, just informally. And then we moved into kind of what was my goal, which I think helped direct some of the conversations then so that we knew what kind of a a target was that we wanted to get out of it, um, at least from my end. And then it was just a lot of trust and a lot of relationship building. So one of the things that I'll mention here is I wasn't able to make a lot of the group mentoring sessions that the time that they met just didn't work for me. So Carmen and I didn't interact with the larger group of people, which I could see having like its own benefits and challenges and things like that. But for our one on one relationship, it was really important that we be able to build that trust. And again, I can see why people would want to have someone within their college versus outside of their college. But for me, 
having Carmen be outside of the college was kind of a relief to a degree. And I felt the ability to say what I needed to say. It can <laughs> be nerve wracking to open yourself up and say, these are my flaws and how do we fix this? And so it takes some courage, but she related to my challenges, whether it was directly or through colleagues that she's informally mentored as department chair. And um, we were really able to then build that relationship where I didn't feel that I was facing judgment. I felt that I could trust Carmen. I felt that she was looking out for me and not coming at it from a department or even a university perspective necessarily. She had that university knowledge, but her advice was tailored to me in the situation that I was finding myself in at the time. I have, a, I have a question for that. Carmen, how did you communicate that safe space to Danielle so that she knew that she could be vulnerable like this? Well, and I would definitely, I'd love to hear um, Danielle's thoughts on this too. But I think one of the things that that's important from my perspective was, of course, just giving it time, you know, not, not rushing into anything. Um, as Danielle mentioned, um, we met the very first time we met, it was lunch off campus, a focus on getting to know each other. But then also with building that relationship and, and getting to see each other as, as people, not worrying about, you know, titles or university. Yes, there was university knowledge to share, but the focus was on getting to know each other as people and individuals and not the focus on, you know, your college, my college. Um, and the, that supervisory chain was out of it, which, which was really very nice um, that it wasn't, I could we could just learn about each other and our experiences. I know I shared with Danielle some of my experience, some of, some of the challenges I had had. And I, I think that for me, that was part of how I wanted to share and open up that, you know, that this was a safe place. I had made mistakes. I had, I, I do have and have worked through many flaws in my teaching. First, second year of teaching was, was, was rough. Um, still, there, there continue to be challenges, but I could relate to just how challenging it can be those first few years when you're trying to figure out, okay, I know this information, but how do I share this with students and get them engaged in the process? So I really, for me, I tried to kind of just really relate to it on, hey, we're, we both are, at the end of the day, we're both here we're, because we're teachers, because we care about our students. These are the, we've faced similar challenges. And so of course, I'm not gonna judge these situations because I've been there. I've I've ex maybe different students, different, not exactly the same, but it's a very it's a very real universal challenge. And so I think by by keeping the focus there on just meeting as colleagues, getting to know each other as individuals, I, I wasn't there to give her um, at that time at least an evaluation on her teaching. It was um, it was just to to share and to get to know and understand those challenges. And I, I would hope that that would have, would have been maybe part of what helped make her feel comfortable and know that, hey, I'm not here to, to tell you, well, you need to do this, 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 and this, as opposed to let's talk about it and let's talk it through. And, and maybe we'll come up with some good ideas between the two of us. And I think that was so important too, was the context. So Carmen left room for context of what I was going through. And so we had the shared experience, but what were some of the differences? And it wasn't 
I mean, she has more experience than I do, right? But she didn't go into expert mode and say, you have to do these things and assume that what worked for her would also work for me and things like that. Um, I think something like that could have also just been an email then, right? Um, so this was very much like a back and forth. What do you think would work for you? Why do you think it wouldn't work? Have you tried this? If it failed, why did it fail? Those kinds of things. So it was definitely a back and forth. And then I think too, what helped was our meeting times were nice. We kind of informally checked in with each other throughout the semester based on maybe when we did get those emails that the larger groups were meeting or just we felt like it was time to check in for whatever reason. And I think that was helpful too, because it didn't seem like, oh, once a month or every other month or something like that, I have to be at this meeting at this time. It was something that I wanted to schedule as opposed to something that was already pre-scheduled and then felt like an obligation that I needed to go to. Well, that, that all sounds really wonderful. It's interesting to hear how the benefit of not being in the same department or college can actually create this focus on the universal experience of teaching, the, the challenges and so on. How did you, Danielle, I'm curious about how you got to the point of articulating your, your kind of target goals. Uh, how did you get to the point of saying, well, this is what I'd really like to focus on in my teaching? Well, so for me, it was pretty straightforward. <laughs> uh, part of it was past tenure review cycles and kind of knowing where I had gotten most comments from for that and kind of wanting to focus on those areas specifically and try to address um, what had been a, a weaker spot in my tenure portfolio. But as far as the specific things that I wanted to try or um, objectives of getting out of a particular class, it would be that maybe I try a lot of new stuff in class, in class and sometimes it would be like I tried this and I don't know if it just didn't work with this group or it didn't work in this case or like help me figure out, you know, is this something that I should scrap or do I try it again, but in a little bit different way or framing or so forth. So that's kind of where some of that came from and it definitely was teaching that I was most interested in. So I could see how it might be a little bit harder to have a relationship if you didn't have a defined goal that you wanted to get out. Um, but this way, it just naturally kind of worked well for us and we were able to relate over it. Now, did you, um, con considering that you had this teaching focus and throughout the year, we had these four events and, and of course there were a number of mentors and mentees for whom that time just didn't work. It's a lot harder when you're trying to get two people to attend an event together, right? There's a little bit more complication there. But um, but that's also why we pushed out those questions. Did you, uh, did you look at those questions and find them useful? Did you come up with kind of your own template for, well, I, I tried these, these different methods and I want to go over these with Carmen and think, see what she thinks of, of how they went? How did you organize yourself before meetings? Well, so some of it, once we had that first meeting and Carmen had provided some suggestions, it was then me kind of giving feedback on after I've implemented that, what have I taken away? So for instance, one of the suggestions was to do a mid-semester kind of survey check-in with students. And so then in a later meeting, after I had given that to students, we talked about kind of, well, what did those say? and 
what changes can be made throughout or within a particular semester. Um, as far as the questions that you provided for the teaching, I definitely did check in with those. I think it was nice that you incorporated other areas so that if people felt like they were struggling in a different area, um, everything was represented, whether it was kind of like your personal, how do you relate to Hayes, um, the, the teaching, the service, and how do you balance everything? Like it was all included, the research, it was all kind of included. Um, and I think that was a nice option, but again, it was just a tool. And so I was able to use the tool of those questions related to teaching, which was my particular focus, and then didn't have to, again, kind of go through a checklist of, oh, she has to answer all of these questions type thing. Correct. Yes. It's not meant to be a top-down process so yeah. much as guidance, right? The discussion questions are for guidance. Carmen, I, I'm curious about if you had any of the experiences that mentors often talk about that are these positive outcomes that they didn't necessarily anticipate. Now, you said you had informally mentored at least before this. Uh, but some mentors talk about kind of a, because they're often kind of experts in their area or pretty established, uh, kind of being rejuvenated or, or having a renewed commitment or enthusiasm for their work. Uh, did anything like that happen for you as a, as a result of this? I would say that absolutely yes. Um, as I kind of mentioned, I got into it kind of almost as a little bit of a oh, this looks interesting. I enjoy mentoring. Maybe I'll try this out. Um, so at the when I initially got into it, I don't know that I necessarily was thinking through the, the long-term um, outcomes there beyond just, oh, I'll learn a little bit. I'll connect with um, another, a new person. But really and truly, as I've gotten to know Danielle and as we've talked and shared ideas, it's been really good for, for me to to remember that that excitement that enthusiasm that she has for teaching and trying new things because it's it's very easy when you've been doing it for a little while to kind of get to get in a rut and to start thinking oh well you know I don't have time to to work on that I've got to do this I've got to do that but I really would always um, walk away from meetings with Danielle feeling excited and ready to like, oh, I want to, you know, we talked about this idea. I want to try this in my class, or I need to remember to tweak this in, in my class, or to try this with, with my clinical students, because there's nothing like having those conversations. And especially, again, I think in our case, um, having it from a different perspective of outside of communication sciences and disorders, um, she had some, some different ideas that she was working on with her students that I hadn't really thought about in application to mine. And so it was, it was really, it, it really excited me for all the possibilities and kind of reminded me that, you know, once again, why I really enjoy this process, why I enjoy teaching and trying new things. And then, of course, just along the way, you know, making another connection. Danielle mentioned earlier, our meetings weren't obligations that had to be, oh, we've got to fit that in. They were something that, that I looked forward to and wanted to find time to connect because we enjoyed sharing and coming up with diff different new ideas. And so it was a really a positive in, in my day and in my time and just always felt better about 
teaching and why we're here doing what we do because especially you know this time of year can be exhausting (laughs) oh my goodness why am I doing this but but it was a good reminder through this process of exactly why I'm doing this and why it's important to always continue to work on improving our teaching skills that's wonderful to hear Especially, I know I started it with a leading question of, so what wonderful things have you seen? Um, I was trying to be how to phrase that yeah, question. But, but it sounds true. like, yeah, it sounds like you, you genuinely did experience some great things. Um, Danielle, how would you describe kind of the, the outcomes? I know we can be kind of outcome obsessed, but how, how would you describe the outcomes you experienced? Did you feel like your teaching improved? Did you feel like the areas you particularly wanted to improve for your tenure folder improved? Could you tell us a little bit about that? So I'll maybe phrase it in terms of benefits the way that you did for Carmen, because that's how I see a lot of the outcomes as being is it was just really positive to um, have that emotional support of you're not the only one who's going through this. And um, here are different things that you can try out. Um, It was nice to have Carmen was willing to come and observe a class of mine. So it was nice to have um, the observation. So that was kind of another output. Um, But also there were just things that you wouldn't think of necessarily. So Carmen became a role model for me. She embodies what I would like to be in a faculty member as I progress through this, right? And one of the things, we focus so much on teaching, but Carmen and I also got to know each other through the writing accountability groups that you guys talked about on the podcast a couple weeks ago or earlier this semester. Um, We both happened, not by plan, but we both happened to be in the same writing accountability group. So we also saw that we were prioritizing research and what was being worked on and Carmen in particular is working with students. So that encouraged me to to think about how I would incorporate students into my research a little bit more. And and I haven't had the opportunity to put that into practice yet, but it was definitely something that I have in the back of my mind um, and something that I wanna carry forward. I'm thrilled that you had the additional component of you know, you, you went ahead and asked for a teaching observation that speaks a lot about the vulnerability and the safety in the relationship and, and the benefit of that teaching observations from a colleague uh, and a mentor can be so powerful, um, especially as kind of fleshing out what you sometimes see on T-Vals, which can be a little bit more skewed, right? A little bit harder to read. Oh, um, I was just going to add to the to the role model piece right quick in part because I didn't know this until I started looking for this. Um, I really appreciate the time that Carmen spent with me and I wanted to be able to recognize that. And so, yes, she can write it on her CV that, oh, I mentored, but does she then know what that means to me, right? What my impact was. So I was searching for ways that I would be able to maybe recognize Carmen more publicly. And there are different ways that we can do that on campus. And I just want people to be aware of that, that we have the My Go-To Awards, that we have the Outstanding Service Awards and things like that. So it doesn't mean she'll necessarily get an award or anything like that, right? But I think it's important 
at the university level too, that we acknowledge the work that is being done by the mentors and the time that they're taking and the advice and the change that they're able to help make in newer faculty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that it's an excellent point. We do need to acknowledge that. That's the betterment of teaching, right? We have all this great internal expertise that we have that can serve as this huge benefit for, for other faculty. Um, and so we should absolutely recognize that time. What obstacles did the two of you find other than not necess- not being able to attend those uh, you know, mentoring times that we set up together? What other obstacles did you run into? You say other than time, and of course, time is right. Always... I'm thinking of the conflict there. Yeah. About how the you know we only set up four of those. We're trying to be too prescriptive and and take up too much time, and they're always going to conflict with someone's class lab committee. Yeah. So There's it's always no a little tricky. That perfectly. I would say that maybe one one obstacle or challenge that that I faced, which again, maybe in the end it, it has some good good to it, is that of course I didn't always know how to help. Um, there were were challenges that came up where I would try to offer the best perspective that I could, but in all honesty, I, I had to say to Danielle, this, this is my opinion. This is what I think you maybe should do, but I don't know if it's the right thing um, mm-hmm. in terms of handling a situation or, or making a suggestion. And so there was a lot of, um, there's, there's vulnerability uh, on the mentor side as well in that um, sometimes there, there's a hope that, that we're going to be able to offer all these wonderful suggestions and hopefully some of them do pan out but there's certainly situations and and circumstances that um all I can really say is man that that stinks I'm sorry you you had to to deal with that that just sounds like a, a crappy situation I don't know what to what to say other than to to express that that just really that's tough and and we can talk about it and I can offer now maybe maybe this would be a way to look at it but I can't fix that for you you know or I can't I can't help you um solve that situation but I can listen and I can offer you know support and empathy for for that situation but I think but I think that's hard I know on I I want to be able to help and I want to be able to offer the perfect solution but that's not always possible and so hopefully the the listening and willingness to at least um, express that solidarity is, is helpful in those cases where where there's no solution necessarily to the situation because sometimes you just you just gotta move on through and you don't have the you know oh this is gonna be what fixes that. I think it's fair to say that mentors don't need to know everything to be successful, helpful, meaningful mentors. But I, I do wonder if some people are kind of concerned about that. That is a great vulnerability to point out, Carmen, that, you know, some may feel, well, I don't know if I can be a mentor. What if there's a question asked that I can't answer or something I can't fix or make better? That's a really good point. Uh, Danielle, do you have any response to that or any other obstacles that you saw? So I guess from my perspective, the obstacle would just be (laughs) demonstrating the meaningfulness and having this truly be a relationship, right? So it, I didn't want it to be too extractive of tell me what to do, X, Y, Z, right? And I did want to make sure that 
in future meetings, we talked about things that she had said as opposed to just ignoring them, right? So everything that she said didn't necessarily work for me, but we talked about why it might or might not. And she was open to the, the idea that I might say it doesn't work for me or I don't think it will work for me, that kind of thing. So it was more just in that sense, I think, that I had an obstacle. Um, but in terms of being able to answer questions, I definitely agree with what Carmen was saying in that the listening and the empathizing was sometimes all that was needed. And so it's not always even necessarily asking a question and having somebody answer that. Sometimes it's just, here's this thing that happened and how do I move on from here? Or just, you know, it stunk. <laughs> It's good to know that someone gets it. Yes, exactly. Right. So I do have a question uh, kind of following up on uh, how you spent, I think, all of your time after the initial kickoff meeting on your own, uh, discussing things. What value do you think there is in an institutional level mentoring program versus, you know, historically at Edward Hayes, we've kind of left it up to departments. Uh, you know, Dr. Robert Lewis has told me there was an institutional mentoring program years ago. Uh, just didn't really quite take off the way that that people had imagined. And then since then, there's been largely department level uh, mentoring. What what benefits do you see to the institutional level mentoring, uh, even maybe in spite of the inability to, to make it to those meetings, to meet on your own instead? I will actually be happy to, to jump in on that one. I think... Um, there is really a benefit to having having that formal structure in terms of providing a, a way to get going, providing a way to make connections, providing an overview. Like, like Danielle said, we didn't necessarily go through the questions as if they were a checklist, but they, they provided us with ideas and things to think about. So I would review them and kind of have an idea of, okay, well, maybe here's some things I should make sure that we touch base on or ask about if they seem appropriate or kind of to give me an overview. But I think maybe even more importantly, I honestly don't know if Danielle and I would have connected without um, something formal like this. Um, by both of us indicating that, okay, we wanna be a part of this, we set the stage for that opportunity because otherwise, even if we had randomly met on campus, she wouldn't have necessarily known, oh, here is somebody who is open to to sitting down and having conversations. So we may or may not have met in some other committee, committee or some other, other way, but by going through this um, more formal organization, we both put ourselves out there to say, we're interested in this. We want to be paired with somebody who is interested in this. And then you were able to, of course, go through and, and make this lovely pairing, <laughs> um, which has worked out wonderfully. But I think that by having that opportunity and that structure to start with, that was really important to, to giving us this opportunity to then do with it what we would. It was kind of on us after that to figure out how we would sustain that relationship. But by having this formal program, you helped put us together and know that we both had an interest in being in this type of relationship. Sure. That's great to hear and to understand how that helped. Uh, Danielle? Yeah, absolutely. I want to echo a lot of what Carmen said in terms of I don't think we would have had the relationship um, being from different colleges and, and things like that. 
if we didn't have this program kind of formally pairing us together. And so I think that was really important uh, work at the institutional level because I also remember kind of one of the few group events that I could go to was the first meeting of the semester where there were multiple potential mentors and multiple potential mentees. And we kind of asked general questions of each other and didn't necessarily get in depth, but to a degree you got a sense of, do we seem to click? Does the conversation flow? Or um, does it seem like this person, when I asked this question, does kind of relate to what I asked or something like that. So I think that one was helpful in getting a sense of who potential good matches or bad matches were going to be. Um, and I think the questions were helpful because even though we weren't able to go to those group sessions, they served as a reminder of, oh, we need to check in with each other um, or, you know, it's about time to check in or something along those lines, right? So they acted as a little bit of a check-in. I think um, having it be institutional too, we get again, that kind of recognition piece of it, it would mean something if you put it on the CV as opposed to like, what does it mean to mentor faculty in your department? Do you have to list how many you, you mentor or how you, what advice you give or things like that? Um, so I think that would, that was helpful. And then the last thing that I think was helpful was you had given out a kind of mind map of different areas that people might be stuck with and that we should think about as mentees of what we wanted to get out of the program and the areas that we were maybe weak in and things like that. Um, for me, it was very obvious what I wanted to work on because I've been here a couple of years and I've gotten that input. I can see this still being really beneficial to someone coming in in their very first year whether they've had experience working at other institutions before this or this being their first time and still getting something out of the program because they can think about, oh, here, you know, I wanna learn just how to integrate within the, the Hayes community more. That's the area I wanna focus on. Or, you know, I didn't even think about the service part of my job and that maybe it could be a challenge, but, now that we've talked about it, I have a plan moving forward of maybe what committees I would want to serve on or different things like that, right? So I think all of those things were nice structure to, to assist with. And that makes me think, Nicole, um, as well, just kind of adding onto that. When I recall back to when I was a new faculty member and just getting started, I had some amazing, wonderful support in my department. So I had a lot of good resources. But one of the things that I recall very distinctly is that because they were protecting me from committees initially, and because I was very focused on just learning to do, do my job within the department, I had very minimal connection outside of my department. I did not really initially in my first few years gain those community and university connections. I was very siloed. And so looking back, I feel like that you know, over time, I feel like that that has changed and I've gotten to know a lot of people, but I feel like that that really might have been a benefit to me and would be a benefit to, to new faculty, whether they've been here one year, two years, three years, to have that outside connection, to have somebody that gives them a little bit more perspective across campus and helps connect them more with that on that university level. 
because even when we have wonderful supportive departments, there's benefit to feeling your connection in that larger community. And I think this mentoring program is maybe one way that that helps link that. That's, that's kind of fascinating because what I think about with departments is, well, as long as you have good mentoring in your department, then maybe the institutional mentoring program is a nice bonus, but it's not necessary. But it's important because we have kind of uneven support in departments. Sometimes, you know, the, it's just the nature of, of the beast of higher education that one department might have a really strong mentoring culture and one might have a little bit you know, um, less hands-on culture and, and so on. But it's good to know that even if you do have that support in a department, having that outside perspective from the beginning could be really helpful. Um, that, that's a, it's a great point. Uh, I guess, I think, oh, go ahead. Oh, I think on the department side of things too, um, it's kind of important to recognize that every department is going to be different in terms of the faculty level and the amount of time that they've been at the university, for instance. And so if you don't have many people who have been here for a number of years, then it puts a lot of pressure on them to mentor all of the new faculty that come in. And then if you are coming in and you're on the newer side and most of the department is on the newer side, then maybe you can relate or commiserate a little bit more uh, with experiences that you're going through as kind of a cohort, but you're not necessarily, again, getting that institutional perspective or um, things that have worked or not worked over a longer period of time. So I think that's another thing is it provides options and it doesn't negatively impact departments then, right? It doesn't say, it doesn't create the stigma that, oh, this person is participating because their department is bad. That's not the case at all, right? right? I think it's just that it provides someone who's either out of the college or who offers a different perspective in any kind of way, right? Um, whatever it may be, I think it helps spread the mentoring around. Again, it also focuses on people who are interested and invested in doing this. And so I think that's part of why we had a successful relationship was we had both opted in as, a, as opposed to being told this was something you had to do, which I feel like can sometimes happen at the department level, again, depending on what that culture is. Right, great point, excellent point. What recommendations would each of you have for someone uh, beginning this process, for someone considering joining the mentoring program themselves? How can they make the most of the relationship? What should they consider as they approach this? What would you tell them? Well, from a mentee perspective, do it. <laughs> Join up. <laughs> Again, you have to kind of be in the right mindset. So be willing to open yourself up to admit that you have mistakes or that you have questions. If you're not willing to change what you're doing, you know, we all hear about like changing diets or exercising more, things like that. And change is hard to do. So if you're not open to changing in the moment, I would say maybe it's not the right time. But otherwise, I think it's a great opportunity to get just support on campus. Again, meet new people. Um, some of the benefits that, again, we had was we started informally. We, we built that trust that way. We set up things on our own time that worked for us. So those were a few of the things that I think were helpful for us. Yeah, and I would echo a lot of what, what Danielle said. Um, you know, 
if you're considering it as a mentor, get involved. It's very rewarding, very rewarding um, process. And definitely, I think some of the things that I've learned is, of course, to, you know, I think focusing on the relationship is important, working on building that trust, being open, being vulnerable yourself, understanding you're not going to know all the answers, and that's okay. It's it's about providing the support and building the relationship and and over time, you know, having those, I view it very much as at this point of, you know, I've, I have a wonderful colleague in Danielle and we can share ideas and we can brainstorm and we can come up with solutions together. And so absolutely, I think you, you go into it with the right mindset, as she mentioned, I think you can reap lots of benefits from the process. Okay, so one final question. What is the future of, of your mentoring relationship, do you think? Where do you see the two of you next year and, and on down the road? Well, um, I would say at this point, I, I'm pretty invested in, in Danielle and her, her progress moving forward. As she mentioned, she's on tenure track and she's working through through that process. So I definitely intend to continue to, to meet with her and to, to have our conversations because now at this point, I mean, her, her process and working through is, is important to me. And I want to, I want to keep, um, keep providing support as, as I'm able to do so. And as I said, you know, at this point, I mean, I, I feel like she's a fellow colleague that happens to be in a different department and, and that's beneficial to, to me as well, to have, to have those ongoing relationships. So, so yeah, I, I see us continuing forward in our, in our own way and, and continuing to support each other. Yeah. I think that, um, it's just going to happen again, kind of naturally in that we see each other passing by or at writing accountability groups or something. And we're like, you know, I want to check in, like do a more longer, not formal, but like longer check-in and really know how you're doing and and that type of thing and I can also see it being on a as-needed basis of okay here's something that came out in this tenure review or um, from this person who observed a class or from anything right I submitted this manuscript and it didn't get accepted where do I go now when that was my target manuscript different things like that whatever it may be right Um, I think it can also be in that way. So I don't, again, I don't want it to sound like a transactional thing where Carmen help me right now, (laughs) you know, um, but Carmen, I have to just kind of push in one more time here that she was really open and available as part of this relationship. So there were some times where um, I wanted to meet more frequently or, or things like that. And she made the time. I don't want to say she had the time because nobody has the time, right? We have to prioritize things. And she was willing to prioritize building this relationship and helping me out through the process. And so I do really appreciate that. And I think I absolutely know that Carmen will, you know, is now kind of part of my 10 year journey. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you both for joining us today. I uh, I really appreciate your thoughts as we work for continuous improvement in the program. It sounds like 
facilitating relationships like yours is, is kind of my goal and my vision and dream with this program. Sounds like you've built this really powerful working relationship together that is sustainable and it's going to go forward and, and serve you both well. Um, and I, I'm just thrilled that you've enjoyed the program so much. So thank you both. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for listening to this episode of FHSU Tilt Talk. Subscribe on Spotify, Amazon, and Google Podcast. In the meantime, check out the Tiger Learn blog or the Tilt social media pages for updates. We'll see you next time.